Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All because of a fancy bike? Not just bikes. We also make a rower. Have you ever tried to row? Too hard. Not with Form Assist. It actually teaches you how to row. So it doesn't matter if you're a first-time rower or a seasoned pro. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try the Peloton Row risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Buongiorno. This is Marcy Darling, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast Network. Pantheon Podcast presents from Hollywood, California, The Devil's Music with Pleasant Gaiman. You are invited to join the Hollywood princess as she explores her lifelong pursuits in the occult, sex, love, and that sinful rock and roll. Ladies and gentlemen, step into the dark parlor of Pleasant Gaiman as she brings you the Devil's Music. Hey there, this is Pleasant Gaiman, and you're listening to The Devil's Music, a Pantheon podcast. A little bit about me. I'm a punk rock witch from Hollywood, California. I've had a lifelong passion for rock and roll and the occult that started when I was a preteen. In the 70s, I was one of the first punks in L.A., and as a teenager, I worked at the Whiskey A Go-Go, started producing shows, and made a Xerox fanzine called Lobotomy, which led me to write for every major rock publication you could think of. In the 80s and the 90s, I fronted three bands. I'm a best-selling author with eight books out and more on the way. For the past 30 years, I've toured around the globe to teach and perform dance. You might have also seen me acting or dancing in music videos, feature films, and documentaries. Look for me in the new Go-Go's documentary. To find out more about me or to book a tarot reading, go to my website, pleasantgaiman.com. I'm really excited to be part of the Pantheon Podcasts network of rock and roll shows. Everyone here at Pantheon tells stories about the music we just adore so much, each and every one with a different twist. Find them all wherever you listen to podcasts at Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Pandora, anywhere you get your favorite podcast fix. And head on over to PantheonPodcast.com to share a show with a friend. Or be damned to purgatory forever.
Hi, this is Pleasant Gaiman, and you're listening to The Devil's Music. Today, my guest is the legendary drag queen superstar, actor, singer, writer, and genius comedian, Jackie Beat. She's been in so many films, television shows, I should say motion pictures and television episodes, and so many live stage shows that it would be absolutely impossible to mention all of her credits here. Um, Also, even though we've known each other for decades, I doubt that either one of us would recognize each other without our makeup on. So over to you, gorgeous. Well, I don't know if that's true. We've seen each other at a few weddings where we've toned it down a little bit. And you're a natural beauty, so you don't wear a lot of makeup, do you? (laughs) Not compared to you. (laughs) That's the beauty. You remember back in the day when you would get a stamp when you went into a club and you could lift the stamp and smash your hand against the back of your friend's hand and it would look like they had paid? I feel like somebody could lick my face and then I could smash my face against theirs and they would be in full drag. (laughs) So so are you saying that your pillow is always in full drag when you sleep? (laughs) Well, to be honest, I, since I am 58 years old now, like the other night I did a show in San Diego with Sherry Vine and I kept my face on and I drove to Palm Springs, checked into my hotel room, took everything off, took the eyelashes off, but kept the makeup on because I had to do brunch the next morning. And at my age, I would rather get two hours sleep. So I woke up and just fixed my makeup a little bit. I know how to sleep like a vampire. So I have literally slept in my makeup and people can't believe it. It still looks better than most bitches. I, I know I've, um, I've, I've had experiences. Well, I, I've had my makeup like all over a pillowcase and it looked absolutely perfect. And the first time it happened, I was on, on tour. And so <laughs> it was a hotel thing. And I just, I just took the slip cover off and I just wrote the shroud of touring under it. <laughs> that is so funny because yeah, I was thinking that same exact joke while you were telling the story. <laughs> And then another yeah. time, another time when I was in um, when I was in Egypt at this big dance festival, um, a friend of uh, of mine and I were talking about another dancer who always looked absolutely perfect, and, and we were like, "Yeah, watch! Like, even though we've just all been on like twenty four hour flights and and stuff, like she's gonna walk in into this gala looking gorgeous." and and I said, do you think she sleeps with her makeup on? And my friend was like, no, I don't think so, but maybe she must. And then we saw her and she looked gorgeous. And then we were like, you look great. And the first thing she said was, oh, I've had this makeup on since New York. And then we did the time count and it was like four days. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I could probably jump in a pool and, you know, maybe the lashes would come off and the wig would get fucked up, but the makeup doesn't really go anywhere. I know. It's good. It's good. I like yeah. it. I love makeup. I couldn't imagine life without makeup. I don't you know. You know what? Honestly, I couldn't either. And I don't want to imagine it. But I had this idea for a short film once and it was going to be like in black and white and everybody's very like dull and boring. And this woman's walking down the street and every every you know, everything's very gray and not glamorous at all. And 
you see her go down an alley and then there's a doorway and she knocks and it's like a speakeasy where you know the little the little eye thing opens up and they let her in and all the people put on makeup and wear these outrageous outfits and have a fabulous time. And then at the end, they all get in the shower and you can see the glitter like going down the drain. And when she walks out the door, she's all buttoned up and black and white again. And she's walking towards a cop and she passes a cop on the street and one little piece of glitter like catches the light and the cop sees it and the look on his face changes and that's the end of the movie. It's just a short movie. Like it's, I don't know, I guess it's about like, it's illegal. One day it'll be illegal to be glamorous and fabulous. Um, <laughs> You're like, why did you tell that stupid story? Jackie? No, I like it. I, one time I was on an airplane and um, I'd been on it for like less than 15 minutes and I looked down and, and there was like these pink sequins on the floor and I was like oh I have a costume just like that was what, what went through my head and then I realized it was like from my costume I mean my, it wasn't the yeah. costume that I had with me in the suitcase but it was just like glitter that like I trailed onto the plane and then I started noticing that that happened all the time. Yeah I, I am convinced that when I die the you know medical examiner is going to cut me open and there's going to be glitter inside and maybe in you know like a few uh errant you know rhinestones <laughs> oh yeah you know remember that remember that um that exhibit that was worldwide with all those like like uh plasticized bodies like bodies of oh. athletes and that kind of stuff and they had forms at the end of it at the museum of science and industry where you could sign up if you wanted to be in it you know if yeah. you wanted to like will will that to your body to them for some reason yeah i remember so it had like occupation you know because they were like particularly looking for people that moved a lot so i wrote dancer and all this other stuff and then i wrote you'll probably find a lot of get glitter in my <laughs> please keep it <laughs> totally it's so weird because I remember we went to that exhibit in Las Vegas and I thought to myself, you know, I'm a grown up. I'm not that squeamish. I love horror movies. I, I, I'll be fine. Like it didn't even dawn on me that it would bother me. It bothered me so much. There was something so, I don't know how to explain it. Like, first of all, it just bothered me that the people were in these sort of <sighs> Poses, like whimsical poses. Yeah, like, I got really annoyed by the runners. I remember, <laughs> like it just like have a little respect. And then I remember looking at a foot and all the tendons and the bones and everything. And then when I turned to walk to the next exhibit, like I could barely walk because I was imagining all that's inside my fucking foot. Oh, I know. I think that all the time when I get a massage, like if I'm getting a massage, which hasn't, I actually haven't had one since like 2019, which is horrifying. I mean, not a professional massage, but anytime I was getting a massage in the middle of it, and I was, I would always have to say, okay, you can't say this to the massage therapist. Like I'd be thinking, wow, there's a skeleton inside me. Yeah. Yeah. It's really the, That's the why I stopped taking LSD because when I was coming down, I swear to God, after a while, um, I mean, as I as I got older, I started thinking like, 
my my tendons aren't attaching right and, and just shit like that and and that wasn't even when i was high it was like the day after yeah well the human body is simultaneously miraculous and fascinating and absolutely disgusting and horrifying it's like love and everything else on the planet there's a complete you know it can be wonderful and it can be horrible there's a wide range there <laughs> yes um okay so um i wanted to ask you about pronouns like i, I wanted to see what your stance on pronouns are and and the reason i'm asking this is because you know how on social media they can have you put your pronouns on there yeah okay so i wanted to put your majesty and and her excellence and stuff like that and they wouldn't let me yeah well because we're not allowed to have a sense of humor about it on stage <laughs> i tell the audience that my pronouns are paypal and venmo <laughs> and uh listen i am all for Listen, as somebody who has a stage name, when I'm all dressed up like Jackie Beat and somebody walks up to me in front of a bunch of people and they're like, hey, Kent, like, okay, that's, I get it. You know me, you know my real name. It's kind of like a lazy way to show everybody that you're in the know, but it's really disrespectful to not call somebody what they want to be called. And maybe we're going a little overboard right now but hopefully the pendulum will swing. You know, like we went from completely disrespecting and neglecting and, you know, not really caring about that for so long that maybe we have to go a little overboard and then it'll like land somewhere right in the middle where it's not such a big deal and not everyone's not so touchy and, you know, easily triggered. That's what, that's what I was hoping because, um, I don't know, like, I, maybe I feel like an old person now sometimes. I mean, I think it's great. I will call anybody she or he or they or it or whatever they want, but it's just like, I don't know if it's a, I just got mad that why couldn't I have your majesty as one pronoun? I think you should, I think that should be one of the choices. But also I just don't- It's not on it's airlines good. either, by the way. You can tell I'm really pissed off about this shit. No. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're really not going to give you that choice if you're flying coach. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're only using miles for first class or business class. But if you can really uh, afford it, then, the, then they, maybe they would. Maybe it's a choice then. Yeah, I think it's just important to try to be as understanding as possible. And I just, there's nothing like getting yelled at or somebody making it seem like you are deliberately trying to disrespect them you know and and again i don't know what they've dealt with so overreacting you know having a knee-jerk response i shouldn't judge them for that because maybe you're paying the sins for you know three thousand other people who have you know disrespected them but it's kind of like being gay or anything on that spectrum any part of the lgbtq plus you know, community, it's like, you know, for the longest time, everybody just assumed that everybody was straight, you know, they- No, I know, I, I know that, I mean, but also I remember the olden day LGBT, <laughs> like I remember in the seventies, like when Dykes would always tell me that I wasn't bisexual and there was no such thing, I just hadn't found the right woman yet. Yeah. 
or like when um when when men would call women fish and breeders and then that and then like when everyone started adopting babies which i thought was amazing i was like okay who's i know you're not a breeder but like see what's wrong with with kids you know like exactly and you know obviously a lesbian or a dyke god i love the word dyke i, I love the, the word dyke, dyke. I hope it never goes away, but I see people wincing when I use it. Now, my favorite, my favorite word combo, one of them is butch dyke. Yeah. Or like I mean, cute butch dyke, like those little cute small ones that are like so super butch, you know, that they would just like lay down on the pavement and change your tires immediately. Like it, yeah, it pays to advertise, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying a, a butch dyke. Uh, saying to you, you just haven't met the right woman is no different than, you know, your grandma saying you just haven't met the right, you know, man, if you're dating a woman. And I have really, yeah, I mean, for the longest time, everybody, especially of our generation, you know, there is this dismissiveness that, you know, oh, if you're bisexual, you know, you're really just you know, slowly putting your big toe in the gay pool, or you're just trying to seem cool, or, you know, but no, true bisexuality is, listen, we're all bisexual, and we're all African, ultimately. Obviously, there's, you know, varying degrees. So, but, yeah, just get over yourself. And we're all just one big, you know, mess. <laughs> So um, what have what have you been doing? Like, what have you been doing? Like when 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 everything was locked down, and then what do you um what you've got going on now that it's opened up? Let's talk about that before we start getting into true horror. Okay. Uh, well, I have to be honest, and you know, part of me that almost feels guilty saying this, but. During lockdown, I was busier than ever. Me too. And, Me too, for real. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I am just the type of person, you can tell by my drag that I get easily bored. I do 80s, you know, new wave look, and then I do heavy metal, and then I do, you know, what I call fuckable clown, and then I'll do... Like <laughs> That's that's my that's one of my um, pronouns that I look for in other people. <laughs> yeah, fuck up a clown. I have but been a clown fucker. Yeah, and I've done like you know a Golden Girls look and sort of a witchy look. So I get really bored, and it's probably not the best way to approach it as far as you know, like branding yourself. You know, if you think of Coco Peru and Lady Bunny and even Sherry Vine and people like that, they have a specific look. They almost always wear the same hair color. But I'm just easily bored. And that's what happened to me in lockdown. I was like, for my own sanity, I have to get in drag at least two times a week. And I got so spoiled because I did a cooking show from my, you know, kitchen called Quarantine Cuisine. And the, you know, the second episode, the very first episode was like top ramen with a hot dog cut up in it. <laughs> And then the second episode was like how to open a lean cuisine with fingernails on. So it wasn't anything fancy. And then I started to take it a little more seriously. But I can't tell you now that I'm back on the road, people come up to me after the show and they're like, I, I have to tell you, 
And it really does make me emotional. They're like, you literally saved my life during the pandemic. I watched everything you did. Your shows were great. And I, I feel totally um, spoiled because first of all, people were tipping me. People were buying merchandise. I only had to deal with, you know, from the tits up, which is my area. I didn't have to wear underwear. I didn't have to wear ladies shoes. I'm like, it kind of spoiled me. So when things opened back up and it was time to go back on tour, it was like, oh shit, I have to wear like an old school girdle and two pairs of tights and you know, these high heel shoes. Yeah. So I kept busy and I had a lot of fun, but you know, I got depressed a little here and there too, but well, I just tried to remind myself, you know, my mother and my father both lived through wars. My mother was literally shot in the leg running across, you know, running past a window in Italy in the war. And so I just thought, you know what? Get over yourself. You're in this gorgeous house with heat, air conditioning, any kind of food at any time you want can be delivered. You have two dogs, you have the world at your fingertips with the internet and Netflix and any, any, anything you have ever wanted to watch, any old TV show, any classic movie, brilliant new stuff, like bitch, I get it, but get over yourself. You're gonna be fine. And this is not really truly suffering. You do not know what suffering is. That's exactly true. Okay, let's let's take let's let the audience suffer through a musical break right now and we'll be right back. They're not gonna suffer. It's a great song. <laughs> Jackie B and I are again. So, but but I have one more question for you um, before we start telling like really psychotic stories. Um, mm -hmm. Would you would you um, tell some people in our audience what what your favorite makeup tips are? Since we were talking about all of that before, I'm I mine. I gotta say is like for going on stage, it has to. Well, this is obvious to you, but got to be like giant giant eyelashes and you have to have really frosty highlighter and make your mouth bigger like no matter who you are no matter how <laughs> well what you're saying is play to the back wall even if yeah. it's 10 feet away like yeah 
And you're talking about like the brow bone. Like yes, the, because yeah. especially I don't have it. Look, we wait for everyone that's listening. We both took off our glasses right now. <laughs> yeah, you're like, like we're going to show people something, but totally. thank God just listening. I want people to know that we're both in complete glamour makeup right now. <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm, I'm not only is my cat pestering me for treats, I'm lounging on a velvet couch and there's oiled slave boys and girls feeding me grapes with their feet. Yes, and I'm in front of the new Picasso I just acquired. <laughs> um, speaking of Picasso, back to my face. Well, yeah, those are good tips. Like, okay, my tips, I have so many, but first of all, if you wanna be a real drag queen, and this is different than, you know, a woman, I just feel like you need to shave your eyebrows. Oh yeah. Wait. I just feel like you, no what you're seeing on me is drawn on. Yeah. I just feel like that's the only way to really do it properly. And I know queens that cover it with glue stick and they, you know, they they I get can rid never of do that. Fuck that shit. You can still see it. And also I know queens who do shave their eyebrows or go to all the trouble of covering them, which takes forever. And then they, they do them way too close together. You need to open the face up. Oh, yeah, and no, no Frida Kahlo bullshit going on there. No, no, I Even see. Even though she was hot, it's not a hot look for anyone else. You just don't want the eye going to the center of the face. You kind of want to pull everything out and up. So I make my lips, you gotta make your lips bigger unless you have those giant lips, you know, which a lot of drag queens do now. I don't like to walk around with giant lips. I'll walk around with no eyebrows, but I guess giant lips is the, you know, deal breaker for me. I think people need to know you almost always have to trim your eyelashes. And I don't mean make them like less long. I trim mine on the ends. Yeah, you have to trim a little bit. Well, I trim the inside because I don't want to take the, but in other words, the, what, how do I say this? The horizontal, you know. Yeah, the horizontal arc, like you don't trim it for the length, you, you trim it for the width. Yeah, you need to take about a fifth to a quarter of, it just, yeah, you got to do it. Otherwise they're hanging down and then it looks like two awnings that have collapsed in the rain and it looks, it does look clowny. It looks kind of sad. So, and then the other thing is these queens now are contouring their nose. Oh, I hate that. Not only queens, anyone that wants to be an influencer does that. It's terrible. Yeah, and I don't find, listen, if you know how to do it, you can do it. You can do that little highlight. You can do the bridge. But when you do it where it looks like you have a stripe of whiteout, you know, like typewriter correction fluid. And Not then that anyone color. knows what that is anymore, but. Well, <laughs> fucking Google it, people. The internet should make you smarter. And then they do the, the sides of the nose with like a, a Kit Kat bar, like this oh, yeah, dark yeah. brown. It just. Or like, or like when people do Rudolph the gold-nosed reindeer and they think they're highlighting the tip of their nose or something and it just looks like a, yeah, it's hard. And listen, I'm obviously not going for the natural look, but I think that there's, I don't know, there's just certain things that don't work for me. And uh, yeah, so that would be my tip, I guess. Uh, I mean, I also, you know, I still use Max Factor Pan Stick 
because it was in, it was invented for film and photography so i don't know what is in it but there's it's cheap it's still cheap you can't really buy it anywhere you have to order it online and i think they have it in the uk or in ireland and i just get sticks and sticks and sticks of it sent to me and it's essentially flesh colored butter and it's not very expensive so you don't feel like you have to you know some uh some foundation is so expensive that you're putting it on and you're like oh my god this is like fucking twenty dollars worth of foundation just for one night yeah that's not for stage in my, in my so, and another thing is i go to i literally go to dollar king and they don't have testers but for a dollar or whatever i can buy something i'll walk right out the front door and test it on my hand and, and look at it go back and get more right and if it's good i buy 10 of them and i have found some of the most amazing makeup and stuff like that at at a dollar store. I love I love Wet and Wild. You know, I've I've I, I started getting down with that in the '80s when my band was touring, but it still is good. It's really pigmented, like that eye makeup. You know, I like Wet and Wild a lot too. And um, I remember when everything was a dollar. Remember when yeah, like I know that's that's the only way. I, like we could afford it when my band was on tour in the '80s. Our per diem was was five dollars a day, and that was. That was not because it was the 80s. That's because we were a broke-ass independent band. Yeah, yeah. But it's not a dollar anymore. But yeah, Wet n' Wild is actually pretty good. And I have bought... Here's another tip. Depending, like, when I go to MAC, they have, you know, little eyeshadow, but, like, giant blush. Yeah. So I'll buy the giant blush and just wear that as... Yeah, I I'm I'm like um I I use every like I use eye pencils for my lips and like all of that. Like just everything gets gets switched around just depending on I'm the same exact way. And sometimes people ask me, like, what's that color on your lip? And I'm like, girl, it's like seven different things. Exactly. I I don't know. Yeah, I never know. And sometimes like that happens to me. That that must happen to you a lot on Instagram because it happens to me. Everyone's like, oh my God, what lipstick is that? And I was like, it's yeah. wet and wild it's mac it's like some pencil i got like downtown like <laughs> right. and then like a little weird eyeshadow, like you know like i'll mix stuff you have to be careful though there are things that are made for your lips that oh, have, they can't, you know, they can't go on your eyes that can't go on your eye and because it's, i learned that the hard way but with red with any kind of a red pigment or with um well not even just the color it's the oh that's another thing I hate. Unless no, because a, a lot of people have an allergy to the to red or or too much of reddish like around their eyes, not on the lips. On that note, let's take a little break. Hi, we're back. Jackie V and I are back. What I meant was usually things made for the lips have a moisturizer in it. Or even like, you know, eucalyptus or, you know, like yeah. things that you really should not put near your eye because your mouth is very different than your eye, obviously. So I would put eye stuff on a lip, but I wouldn't put lip stuff on an eye. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny that you say, like, if somebody asks you what color is your lip, like you can't just say one color. And I was talking to somebody about this. It's the same mentality as back in the day when, you know, when I first got here in the early 80s and Melrose was actually thrift stores. 
Yeah. You know, real thrift stores. Melrose, Nobody, I'm just going to tell this to everyone that's listening. Melrose um, was a really trendy place and now it's like known most of the places but it, it did used to be like pet stores and dry cleaner stores and just junky thrift stores before it started getting trendy like right and it was almost like carnaby street in the yeah. 60s like yeah it was, it was just great street, and there was retail slut and flip and flip. Aardvark. yeah yeah and all these amazing places but they were real thrift stores because people and i'm gonna like maybe you agree with me, but I feel like it's similar to the lip color thing. Like we wouldn't be caught dead wearing a label. No, like, or... I, still, I still don't. Like I have some things that people have given to me that are labeled things, but I don't care. Like if it looks good, I'll wear it. But I remember like when I first came to California and this was in the seventies, everyone was talking about Gucci bags and this was even at high school. And then finally, I kept seeing all these ugly square bags that were brown with writing on them. And I was like, what are those? Why does everyone wear them? And they're like, oh, that's a Gucci bag. And in my head, I was like, ew, why would you fucking want to wear that? Yeah, Not exactly. I mean, it didn't even, it wasn't, I mean, it was logo-y, but it was that, those old school Gucci bags. But I still think, like, I would have rather had like a, you know, like a gold fake alligator purse from a swap meet or, or a yard sale than... <laughs> Well, we wouldn't be caught dead buying something that there was 10 more on a rack because like, I don't want to look like anybody else. I don't like to buy, you know, like whatever. Now it's all about like designer stuff, bo bottle service, like, yeah, like people, I don't know. We used to kind of embrace that we were trash. We were, I, we think, of, I think of this all the time. Like, like I remember like, I was telling someone the other day when like, when we knew someone was like, you know, what came to be called a trustafarian or something, you know, like we'd be like, oh, that person's rich. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh, let's hang out with them. They're rich. It was just like, they don't, they don't know what we know, you know, like they were just like, sort of. Well, because I think true creativity comes out of like, you know, not having a lot. You got to make something out of nothing. And that's a true artist. And and I love going to Santee Alley. And back when I lived in New York, we would go to Canal Street. And you're just like, I love cheap shit. Because and then all, making and putting it together and making it great. I mean, for real life and for costumes, like my favorite costumes and a lot of them that still exist, people... One time people were taking bets on a costume I was wearing on stage. Um, this was the first time I had worn it. And it was, it was amazing. It was a Mata Hari costume and I've had many iterations of those. And then uh, they were like, can we see it? Like we, we were taking bets how much it cost. And I was like, how much do you think it cost? And he said, oh, between like 700 and $1,500. And I was like, I made that co costume out of garbage. I mean, literally, like literally garbage. Like the fabric came from the garbage and then there was, there was this gold lace on it that someone had found in a dumpster, but it had been hot pink and I just sprayed it with gold metallic lace. I sprayed it with gold metallic spray paint and just put a bunch of rhinestones on it. And most of those in those days, and on my budget, like you had to put a bunch of acrylic ones with only a few Swarovskis in between, you know, cause right. you couldn't afford the Swarovski. I can't even say that, Swarovskis. You're such trash, you can't even say it. <laughs> no. Is someone going to buy me a gookie bag while we go to bottle service? Uh-huh. 
Yeah, but I just like now the kids, everybody just wants to be fabulous and rich and they spend so much money, like, you know, going to Vegas. And listen, I think it's great if you have the money, but everyone's, I don't know. It just seems very strange to me that everyone is trying to be so- Kardashians. I think the Kardashians ruined it for everybody. It really is. They were forerunners of that shit. Yeah, I don't like it. And I don't, you know, I, people are are like, oh my God, those sunglasses are genius. I'm like $5. Yeah, yeah, that's what I always say. I was was like, I got them on the street for $5. I never spend more than five or $10 on sunglasses because I'm going to lose them or sit on them. them. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I just feel like, you know, like, listen, we've probably both been involved in creative projects where you can tell somebody doesn't have kind of what it takes and they don't have a lot of ideas. So they just throw money at the project. Like they just hire people to do this or like, you can make a music video for next to nothing these days because technology is so good. You don't have to waste all your money. You know, who are you trying to impress? Either the song is good and the idea is good or it's not. People have made entire movies on an iPhone now, you know? I know. I, I like that. I mean, I thought I, I thought iPhones were really expensive until I realized um, how, how well they paired with my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I know now that we've gone on a rant about that, about all of that stuff, but it's true. And I mean, I, I always think, I always see like a huge intersection between um but between punk rock and like like earlier earlier like not in the 2000s kind of um gay culture. Uh-huh, totally. Yeah, cuz it was like you know, there there was a there was a lot of there used to be a lot of crossover in in both because both were sort of like alienated but then both both kind of uh, cultures got co-opted and, you know. and they were- Well, there was this attitude like, we're not gonna be famous anyway. Like, you know what I mean? Like mainstream society or mainstream Hollywood is not going to give us a deal. So let's just be as weird as possible and have as much fun as possible and be as fuck you and punk rock as possible. I mean, you think of, vaginal davis and like you know just wait we have to explain we should explain vaginal davis to some people or to all people that are listening well the beauty is people can google it but vaginal davis was just you know an amazing performance artist slash drag queen who just really even i consider myself fairly weird but i mean i remember like just shaking my head like what is this bitch doing like she's crazy and when when, when I, ha- I had her um write a chapter when I was um compiling my book the underground guide to Los Angeles um mm-hmm. which was a bestseller like for real yeah, yeah. but um but her chapter about it was supposed to be like you know like people writing about the neighborhoods they liked or lived in or you know things to do there but her <laughs> Her whole chapter was just about fucking people from Mara Salvatrucha. 
the, the Salvador, <laughs> that was basically what it was talking about like how hot Anthony was or whatever their names were, you know, Manuel. <laughs> it was it was great. And <laughs> you could tell like that got left that that chapter got left out of all the reviews, but it was just fucking brilliant. Oh, I love it because it's just like her, it didn't really fit in. But yeah, just a little different approach. I mean. I always say like there was a time when a, there was a certain kind of person who became a drag queen. It was the gay kid who even in the gay community was a misfit and didn't really fit in. And they just were naturally curious and they knew every word of every, you know, old movie and bitchy dialogue and campy songs. And nobody got into it because they thought they could make money. And now because of Drag Race, people literally think, oh, I'll just slap makeup on my face. They have makeup tutorials. Everybody's face looks the same. They have this sort of like blueprint of how to be a successful drag queen. And it kind of bothers me because it's not natural. It's not organic. Yeah, like the the real tranimals. I'm, I'm just going to explain that to the audience, like, I think a lot of people might know that term now, but maybe not. But there, before before RuPaul's Drag Race, there was a bunch of people, and I, I don't even know who coined the term. The first person I heard it from, what, who, oh. who did it? Well, I know who claims to have come up with it, and it's possible that he did, but it was Ryan Robbie. Ryan Heffington? Or, or uh, I, well, I heard it was Robbie D who also performed under the name Jer Bear Jones. Yes, yes, yes. So they were, they were, yeah, so. Um, yeah. You know, and it was. Uh, in those days when someone was a tranimal, it was, it was really, <clears throat> it was really saying something. Bop, bop, yeah. Because it, and because it was, it was, that was really taking drag to a Picasso level. I mean, and, and, and a Salvador Dali level. I mean, it, that. Now, now, when you see like drag queens looking wild like that on, on RuPaul's Drag Race, it doesn't look like it was shocking to anyone that was into drag or into, you know, or, or had, let alone people that had never seen anything like that before, you know? Right. Like, well, it's like, you know, when John Waters reminds people that when Divine started doing drag, it was only pageant, thin. Yeah you know, really tall, like no fat girl, no fat queen did drag. And she not only did it, she like really accentuated and wears skin tight. And I mean, just like big belly. It was such a fuck you. But, um, oh my God, I was gonna say something. You said something that reminded me of something. I can't remember. Anyway, um, oh Lord. I'll, 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 I'll tell you something, I, w I was, I used to tell people I was raised by wild drag queens in the jungle, and this was this was decades ago, but it was really true. Like on on the same campus where I was growing up, Wesleyan University, um, I we didn't have like we didn't have my family didn't have um, that was an it was an all men school in those days. It hadn't gone co-ed yet, and me and my uh, brother and sisters were so rambunctious that high school girls that would the, the regular babysitters could not handle us so my mom started calling people from the football team 
and okay. um, and then and that that was fun but then she also started calling her theater students so we got all these incredible like babysitters and one of them's name was I don't even know if he's still alive his name was Doogie Mitchell and he was a Navajo queen and when we were running around the house like punching each other and like wrecking the furniture and shit he would go upstairs and take like a sheet off the bed and put stop in the name of love on the record player and he'd have it like draped around him like a toga and come down the stairs like lip syncing the whole song that was amazing and then (laughs) Oh, I love that. And then, and then I had this other um, babysitter. His name's Gary Morris. And he has, um, for decades, he's had a, um, a movie website called Bright Lights. You know, he was, he was a film major. Uh-huh. And um, I met him running through a dormitory in a hide-and-seek game. And I, I was banging on his door, not, not knowing him yet, going, can I hide in your room? Can I hide in your room? So I was like, I was like 10 or something. And so... He wound up being one of our babysitters. And when I was 11 and 12, he sat me down. And as he was painting blue metallic, dark blue metallic nail polish on my toes, he was like, pleasant, look, this is Andy Warhol's interview. And he's like, look, this is Candy Darling. She's beautiful. She's a drag queen. And, and just like giving me all this like gay history. And then, and then then we'd then we'd like smoke weed and listen to Liar Liar by the Castaways. Or I love it. Yeah. Just You were obviously raised properly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So there's a few tranimals like, you know, I think of pe- friends of mine like Squeaky Blonde and Oh my Phaedra. god, I love Squeaky. Yeah, and Phaedra and just like all of them. Yeah, yeah. Real Squeaky. Hi, Squeaky. Uh, the sweetest. But Total Monsters, and now, you know, they have Dragula, which is, you know. Yeah. Uh, owes a lot to, to that. But, you know, I mean, the moment it goes, you know, kind of mainstream, you lose a little something. So, you know, I get hired to do like a gay pride, or I should just say pride because it's not just gay. But I get hired to do a pride celebration somewhere and it's outdoors and I'm walking on stage and they're like, now remember it's all ages and family friendly. And I'm like, what? what? <laughs> like now you're telling me like, what? why did you fucking hire me? Like every song is about sucking dick or, you know, <laughs> anyway, I just ignore it go out there. We'll listen to some music don't talk with your mouth full. We just had a little interlude there. I'm not sure what you did, but I did my thing off camera. <laughs> oh, I totally, yeah, I totally pleasured myself. <laughs> That's <laughs> disgusting. That phrase is so gross. <laughs> really good. I think I'm going to start using it now. I, had, I haven't heard that in a long time. It's oh, like that, nice. like that guy in lockdown. What wasn't it? Some attorney that was pleasuring himself on Zoom. Remember that oh, guy? Yeah. yeah. Whoever, whoever the he, fuck that was. It reminds me of like those bodice rippers, you know, those 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 like sort of period piece. Oh, anything rope. Fabio kind of or, yeah, or the, yeah. Where they say she was pleasuring herself and he stood across the room holding his manhood yeah his manhood yeah just say it 
Oh my God. I, I had to write, um, well, I didn't have to, but it was, it was a living, like for a while when they had phone sex lines, when they first started, it was never live. It was always like scripted and read. And so somehow someone, someone got me a job. They connected me with this company and said, you could make a lot of money and they paid you by the page. So, um, so when, when someone was going to come in one of the, <laughs> in one of the episodes, my thought was like, oh, I'm getting paid by the page. So, so I, I'd say, and, and, you know, and, and then he touched her lightly and, and increasingly quicker. And then, and then she, uh, she had an orgasm and then it would go, ah, and that would take up like half the page. <laughs> like, so. Oh my God. <laughs> So in other words, like when you were in grade school and the teacher would say, I want you to write a 200 word essay. Yeah. You're like trying to like, you know, I walked very, very, very far and I had a great time and a very, very, very fun time. Yeah, you're counting every single word. Yeah, but then you know what happened? Then the FCC changed, they changed their rules. And so you couldn't, you, there was like, then we all got like anyone that was working for this company got a whole entire like thing, like thing that you couldn't say, like you, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't say came or orgasm or anything like that. So then I had to sit there with a fucking thesaurus and this was, this was year, decades before anything was online. So I was sitting there with a book that was like, it was like six inches thick, but it would have been 12 inches thick if a man had measured it. Um, <laughs> but um, So then I'd have to be looking up, oh my God. And I'd be like, oh, I feel so fulfilled. Oh, okay, that's good. Or I feel so ecstatic. But then I was like, this isn't worth it anymore. <laughs> so that that ended my, my career in pornography. Yeah, you're like, you look too messant. You're yeah. a member. Your member looks too messant. And it's like, is this like phone sex or fucking Jeopardy? Is this a Scrabble game? You know? Oh my God. Okay. So one time when I went in there to um to deliver a script, this is this is this is a good story. There was a girl in there already recording, and um the guy said, I like the way you write. And I was like, I, I said something like, Oh, you know, it's just what I do, or something like that. He's like, Can you do different voices? And I was like, Yeah. And he said, Like what? And I started talking like an English nanny and I started talking like a Chola girl and all this kind of stuff. And he's like, Can you go in there and record with her? And it was a script that I had written. So I said, Sure. And he's like, Okay, that's like $25 or whatever it was in those days, which was a lot of money, right? Yeah. And so so I just went in there and um so there was there was supposed to be a place in the in the I mean there was a place in the script that I wrote and it said, um, oh that feels good and then I just wrote like four hours and it was supposed to be oh that feels good <laughs> like that you know like a little purring noise right. and the girl was like a total illiterate and she <laughs> she went oh oh that feels good er er and then I started laughing. <laughs> Oh my God. And the guy was like, cut, cut, cut. And he's like, what's the problem here? And I was like, well, she was, I was like, you, you're supposed to read that like this, like, or something. And she goes, what? Like, <laughs> yeah. They needed to hire you as a director. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, oh my God. Okay, so let, let's, let's switch into some gears now. Um, like, like 
for anyone that doesn't know this, um, if you're not like a touring artist like Jackie and I are, or a theater person, there's so many, um, so many haunt theaters are haunted. They're they're haunted to, to the degree that like Playbill, the biggest um, like you know musical theater publication that covers all of Broadway and has been doing since like you know for probably over a hundred years or something. Um, that every year they have a list of haunted theaters or paranormal sightings at theaters. So I want to hear what you've had on the road in that genre, Jackie, or in your house or anywhere. I have two stories uh, that, but they're not theaters, they're hotels. Oh, good. When I, when I was actually on, you know, performing and on tour, uh, the first one was there was a um, hotel, and I actually like looked this up online because I couldn't remember the name of it. But there was a hotel in San Francisco called um, called the York, and I was staying there. It's now called the Vertigo, the Vertigo Hotel, because they actually filmed. Uh, oh, Vertigo? Yeah, yeah, yeah um, Kim Novak's character, Judy Barton, had an apartment and they, uh, this little, it's supposed to be like a little crappy apartment, you know, one of those hotel apartments. And it was filmed at this place. It was called The Empire and then they changed it to the York and then somebody bought it and wanted to cash in on the fact that Vertigo was filmed there. So now they play Vertigo in the, you know, in the lobby on a loop and everything is vertigo themed. But when I stayed there, it was called the York. This was probably 20 years ago. And I remember being in my room, my hotel room, and I was just in a really lousy mood. And I had to paint my face and be a clown. And I wasn't in the mood. And I just, I don't know, I was really depressed. And I think my mom had just recently died and I just kind of out of nowhere said, mom, if you are here, give me a sign. And the TV came on. And I was like, oh, this is like, come, like, I was really, I just couldn't, like, I was like, I can't even tell this story. It sounds so fake. This sounds like the worst, you know, like poltergeist <laughs> moment or something. But it really, really hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was like, okay, you know what? That's all I needed. I'm going to change my fucking attitude. I'm going to paint my face and I'm going to go do a great show. I am actually blessed. If for no other reason, just that to be alive, you know? But I really am very blessed to, you know, just make a living having fun. So that was the first one. And it's not, that's literally just the story. Like, you know, there's no more to it than that. The other story was more recently, right before the, you know, the whole COVID thing, I was on tour hosting the Glaminatrix tour with Dita Von Teis in New Zealand and Australia. And I remember we were in Canberra. I don't know if that's how you say it. Canberra. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And we pulled up to the hotel where we were staying and literally just the moment I saw the place, I was like, no, 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 no. It was so foreboding. I was like, 
oh my God. And it was gorgeous, but it was just, the feeling was so overwhelming. We walked into the lobby and I was like, I felt like I was in the movie, The Shining. I was like, what is going on? So we check into our rooms and I go into my room and I, I'm a bath freak, you know, I have creaky old bones. So I take hot baths. Like I literally take two hot baths a day. I have a giant bathtub here. So this hotel was really fancy and it had a, you know, it had a bathtub. So I was creeped out, but I was like, I'm going to take a bath. So I go into the bathroom and I, you know, I get into the bathtub and I had my cell phone because, you know, you're sitting there in a bath. And anyway, out of nowhere, the light turned on, like in the bathroom. I'm in the bathtub. I was so scared. And we were all on this group, you know, WhatsApp text. Yeah. And I said, uh, and I know that like this probably is not coming across as very scary or dramatic, but when it's really happening to you, like when you're in creeped out in a hotel room and the light goes on or off, you know, out of nowhere and you're at your most vulnerable in a bathtub. So anyway, I started texting and I was like, no, I actually looked up the hotel and it said the most haunted hotel in Australia. Like supposedly this girl, this little girl died in the boiler room and this very famous like politician had a heart attack in one of the rooms, like people died left and right. So then I was texting the group and I was like, has anything weird happened to anybody? Cause this is what just happened to me. And I looked it up and this is one of the most haunted hotels. And one by one, everybody was like, I was sitting on my bed and the closet door like opened, swung all the way open and then slammed. And then somebody else was like, this happened to me. The lights went out, this happened, this happened. And it was one right after the other. And then Dita, <laughs> Dita finally texted. She's like, everybody stop right now. I have to get a good night's sleep and you're creeping me out. <laughs> We were like, is this when she was married to Marilyn Manson? I know, I know. Again, it's different when it's, you know, when it's, you know, I don't know, in real life. So those were the ones. And if you really, it, it's funny, if you if you do Google it, if people listening Google the can, it's the Hyatt. And it wasn't always called the Hyatt, but it's the Hyatt Canberra. And if you Google it and look up the images, it's just creepy. Oh yeah, I have to Google that. And I've had a lot of other things happen. I mean, okay, the worst was back in the 80s. I was living with my very first, well, not my very first boyfriend, the first boyfriend I lived with, Michael. And we broke up and it was his place, but he decided to move out. So I stayed there and I thought, I'm going to redo this bedroom. And I really wasn't trying to be dramatic. I painted the entire bedroom black, like the walls, the ceiling, everything. And I was, uh, he had taken all his stuff. So I was taking a nap on a bare mattress, just completely depressed. And I had sort of given up. And so I'm lying on this bare mattress in a room that I had just painted black, really, really, really depressed. And I had given up and I was on my side 
And I opened my eyes and I saw cloven hooves right in front of my Shut eyes. Shut up. Shut up. Tonight I'll set the table. I'll take my chair. I'll act like nothing's happened. Though you're not there. I'll smile when Johnny asks me Why you are so late I'll tell him daddy's busy But I'll wonder and worry and wait Tonight I'll write some letters They're overdue I'll And I looked up and there was the most beautiful man I have ever seen in my life. I mean, like, inhumanly beautiful. So like, I'm thinking, like, Lucifer. Is I was just going to say, it's so Lucifer. It's the most beautiful. And as a gay man, you know, so he's standing there with his arms crossed and he's looking right into my fucking soul. And he literally asks me, So are we going to do this? And I closed my eyes. I closed my eyes and just said no, 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 like over and over again. And then I waited and I opened my eyes and he was gone. Oh my God, that's fucking amazing. And I'm I'm not a religious person, so I don't even believe in like, you know, the God or I just think it was almost like a manifestation of my depression. I was borderline suicidal and I was just like, are we going to do this? And I was like, no, I'm not giving into this. I'm going to wow. fight and I'm going to get better. And I'm just going to get over this. It's like people break up, get over it. That's amazing. Yeah. That's really, that's really. That amazing. one's scary and very cinematic. That's really cinematic. That's like, yeah. that's like Angel, Angel Heart, Mickey O'Rourke cinematic with all that. <laughs> But honestly, I really cannot even tell you how beautiful he was. Like, I almost, it was just like, you know what I'm, like, it, on, on a cellular level, it was like, oh, God, that is everything I want. That's- it was like lust. I was lusting after him. And I was like, no, this can't be good. <laughs> so. Cannot be good. Okay, so I have to tell you, um, that, hey, hey, everyone that's listening to this, Jackie and I are on Zoom, so <laughs> then we're not in the same room, unfortunately, but it feels mm-hmm. like we are. But did you see when I bent over when you were in the middle of telling that story? Yes, and I thought, okay, something's happening with her cat, just keep <laughs> telling the story. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so the other day, we moved this little storage container, and there's giant when i when i say giant i mean like probably about seven or ten inches long lizard scuttled out from it and i'm not i'm not scared of stuff like that but um i didn't i had just gotten back from hawaii yeah but i had just gotten back from hawaii and i don't know how um how long it had been there and and it also didn't have a tail right which you know with when they can release their tails Right. So all of a sudden, the cat that was begging for I, you guys that are listening, I have to give my cat ghost. I have to give her treats all the time when I'm recording because otherwise she'll she'll be part of the interview. But so she 
she came running out like she came like pouncing out of somewhere batting something and I looked and I saw this long stripe and um that was that was like last week with the lizard but I I she just found the lizard's tail <laughs> oh boy that's now that's the ultimate treat no I know but I took it away from her because it's like it's decomposing of course, I I didn't mean she should have it. I just meant if I were a cat, I would be like I just hit the mother load. The first time I ever saw a lizard do that, I I couldn't believe it because it looks like a cartoon. Have you ever seen it in real life? Oh yeah, I grew up in Arizona, so yeah. It's, so it's just like for anyone that hasn't seen it, there's no blood or guts or anything. It no. just releases. It's like a it's like a Lego piece or something. It literally snaps off. Yeah, it was crazy. But now I don't know. I think I'm going to save it and put it on my altar. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it'll. I don't think it'll get too gross. I think it'll just dry. Out. No, it's semi dry right now. I just didn't want her to eat it. But now I just thought if I put it on my altar, one of them's going to go up there and eat it. <laughs> I yeah. can't believe we were just talking about drag and like glamorous visions of Lucifer, and now we're <laughs> talking about. about Trying to keep your cat from eating the lizard tail that you just found. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay. Well, um, what do you have coming up? Like well, or like that and that anyone can see or or hear in real life or online. Yeah, well, people can go to my website, which is MissJackieBeat.com, and you can always see my schedule there because I'm performing all over. And, uh, you know, we do the Golden Girls with all drag queens at Casita Del Campo here in Los Angeles. Wait, that place is haunted. That place is haunted. Have you, have you had haunted incidents? Like, you guys, this is a... Um, a really, really wonderful old traditional Mexican restaurant that's been in Silver Lake for um, for Since decades. 1962. Yeah, and and yeah. that place is hella haunted. We we um, I they, have let one do, they let me do two seances down there. Oh and, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and I came away with an attachment, and then um. For anyone that's listening, if you don't know what an attachment is, it's like a spirit hitchhikes on you and follows you out of somewhere. And so a couple of days after Casita del Campo, I called um, my friend Shauna, who was, we were both doing the seance in there. And I was like, I can't tell if I have a cold or an attachment because this was like way pre-COVID. <laughs> and she's like, oh God, no, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, supposedly something happened in the actual theater. Yes. Which underneath. And I remember once we were doing a show there, I think it was the Golden Girls, and we were doing more than one show. And in between, we all went upstairs to eat. And I was the only one there and I had forgotten something. So I walked back into the theater and across the stage and I heard somebody say something like, what are you doing here? And I thought it was like the sound guy, the tech guy. And I was like, what are you doing here? I thought you were upstairs eating and there was nothing. And I said, hello, and nothing. There was nobody down there. I was completely down there alone. And I mean, I heard it as clear as day. 
and then you're just like, get me the fuck out of here. Cause it's one thing to be down there with an audience or, you know, five or six of your friends, but all alone in the basement with, you know, the lights out, not cute. So anyway, do the Golden Girls. So we do that a couple times a year and we're probably going to do it again in August. So people can check my website. My band Dirty Sanchez is working on a new EP. Wait, I just have to say this is the best name ever. I've always thought that. (laughs) Oh, well, I have to say out loud that when we came up with it, nobody knew what it meant. Yeah, no one knew what it was, just a select few. Yeah, it just wasn't like we weren't trying to be gross. We just liked the sound of it. The word dirty, you know, this was like in 2000, you know, early 2000s when it was all about Electro Clash and Peaches and everybody was being real nasty. And, you know, we had a song called Fucking on the Dance Floor. So we just liked the sound of it. And now you say it and, you know, your grandmother laughs. Yeah, because everyone knows. knows. Yeah. So it's a little graphic, even for you would think all the stuff I sing about. I'm I'm surprisingly prudish sometimes. So we're doing an EP, but the most important thing I want to tell people about is I just shot six episodes of a new TV show for Out TV called Dr. Jackie, Unlicensed Psychotherapist, where I give therapy sessions to kind of famous and funny and fabulous people. And uh, we have been editing them and it is really, really funny. So look for that. That sounds And great. I really want everybody to follow me on social media because I, I, I give such good social media and like, you know, some of my friends have like 2 million followers and it's like, so follow me, Jackie Beat. Yeah, that, Jackie, Jackie's social media is great and then also Jackie speaking of social media um for those of you who don't know anyone that does psychic work or witchy stuff on Instagram is always having like a million fake imposter accounts now and I've I've had like about 13 of them in the in since since Christmas and it's horrifying because people they'll 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 somehow steal all your pictures and um it, yeah. And then they'll start DMing people for messages. But Jackie, um, Jackie really helped me with one of them. And it was great because she sent screenshots of, of how long she was talking to the to the psychic and, and st- or to the supposed me. And then um, the last one was like, great. Well, thank you for all your info. I was just gathering information <laughs> because you're scamming a friend of mine. That was great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the punchline. I'm very like, don't, don't fuck with my friends. I don't like that. And I also don't like, like, if these people put half as much energy into making something happen for themselves, that's how I feel like, God, like, how do you even sleep at night? Like, ripping people off, misrepresenting, pretending to be somebody else, but I guess they just don't care. I got I got one of their emails once when I was on one of my other accounts pretending not to be me, you know. And so then I I, I put it on Instagram stories and I was like, this is the person that's scaring me. Everybody call them nonstop at, in the, in the wee hours. Yeah. They deserve yeah. it. I know. Bad problem, honey. Yeah, we cut your tail off, bitch. No. <laughs> That's right. 
anyway, anything else you want to say to our esteemed listeners? Um, huh. <laughs> Let me see. No, I mean, I just, uh, I'm a little shocked at, like, I'm always shocked. I just posted something and it seemed so innocuous. Like, I just posted something about like how maybe the Met Gala isn't for everyone because some of the pictures I saw, I was like, you know, this is sort of a fashion event. I'm not that person, but like at least be creative. And like, I saw, you know, I don't wanna name names because I actually think she's funny. Anyway, a female stand-up comedian who's not exactly known for having a lot of style. She's almost known for being anti-style, if you will. And just sort of, you know, and she was just wearing this, it was fashionable, but like a black coat and I was like, and sunglasses. And I was like, maybe the Met Gala isn't for everyone. And I didn't name her. I just posted it on my, um, uh, was it, I think on my Instagram, I just said, maybe the Met Gala isn't for everyone. Like if you're a stand-up comedian, like maybe just stay home and, and <laughs> like, and so many people had an opinion, like I'm being judgmental and you're calling her out without naming her. And isn't this just a case of stay in your lane? But do you know what I mean? I said, supermodels don't go to comedy festivals and tell bad knock-knock jokes. Yeah, <laughs> like, not I would probably like that though. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, not everybody needs to go to the fucking Met Gala. It's a very specific, creative fashion Over thing. the top, yeah. Don't just show up in jeans. Like, there were people wearing the dumbest fucking, like, jeans and a shirt and then, like, red rubber gloves. What the fuck? Like, who are you? The kind of people that would buy a Gucci bag. The type of person who would do a very unhealthy diet just to get in Marilyn's dress and then wear it with $20, you know, stripper heels. Yes, exactly. Not, yeah. definitely not the kind of girl you read about in New Wave magazine. <laughs> right? Not a super freak. Everyone's just pretending to be a freak now. I know, maybe that's what I don't, uh, maybe that's what I don't like about today's culture, because I liked it when everyone you knew was out of their minds weird, and I still try to keep it that way. Yeah. Like, I mean, actually, I heard, I heard, um, the, you, like, a really good friend of mine who's a great burlesque dancer, like, we were talking about somebody else, and I was thinking this in my head, but she said it out loud, she goes, yeah, she's great, but, you know, she's, she's so normal. Yeah. Well, you know what? Listen, I feel a little tinge of guilt hearing that because deep down inside, I'm pretty normal. I am too, but I mean, not, not, not but creatively, like, like go for it and like, don't be embarrassed. Here's what I say. I, I, I came up with this phrase a while ago and it's not like, you know, groundbreaking, but have the courage to be camp. Like, That's you don't, great. you don't need, like, look at like, Back in the day, Dolly Parton, Kiss, Cher. Oh, all of it, yeah, yeah. It was so over the top and like Prince and Bowie 
and like missing persons and just like, and now it's all just like everyone has stylists and everybody wants to prove how sophisticated they are. It's like, just be a fool. Like just make a fool out of yourself. Like where I'd rather think your outfit was fucking ugly and ridiculous than think it's boring. But yeah. the problem is we've seen it all. Like it's all been done and you know, I feel sorry for kids today. Music is horrible. I and I know, know I always have to do an age check about that, about that or about other aspects of culture. I'm like, is this just because I'm older? Is this really bad? And I'll ask someone that's like, you know, I still hang out with, with people who I'm old enough to practically be their grandmother. Um, yeah. But they'll go, no, it sucks. Like, <laughs> like, and listen, if it's just, there, there, there are no... If you look at the top 40 songs of 1976, it will blow Yeah, even music from that era that I thought blew shit at the time yeah. is great now compared yeah, to- people used to make fun. People used to make fun of Flock of Seagulls, Missing Persons, like it's all look over, you know, substance. The music is shitty. It's like fucking Beethoven compared to what's coming up now. <laughs> Like Billie Eilish in a big, like triple extra large t-shirt mumbling and every movie is a Marvel movie. Ew, just... I hate that. I mean, I used to love superheroes and you know what else I hate when they call movies, quote, quote, a franchise. That makes me think of like Taco Bell, nothing against Taco yeah. Bell, but it's like, why is it franchises now? Why can't it just be movies? Yeah. It's it's depressing. We're old. We're all old. I know it. It is true. We are old, and but and judgmental. You know, <laughs> like I want the young people to go watch like the original Stepford Wives or oh yeah, Chinatown or carnal knowledge. Oh wait, wait! I have a Chinatown paranormal story. Oh, you do? Oh my God, yes. Let's take a little break and then and then I will tell it to everybody because it's in my new book also. She keeps them always in a pretty cabinet. Let them eat cake, she says, just like Marie Antoinette. A building a remedy for Chris Job and Kennedy. And it's an invitation you can take. She's a killer, queen, got body, genetine, dynamite with a laser beam, guaranteed oh, to blow oh, your mind. Okay, here we are back, and we're going to talk about Chinatown. This was, uh, I'm not going to tell the whole entire story. Um, so you have to buy the book if you want to hear it. You have to buy Rock and Roll Witch, but the, the whole book is batshit. I just got to say it. But so um, I had this boyfriend, um, we'd known each other for ages, but we were always with other people. And then we got together, but we, we were living in two different states. He was in New Mexico and I was here. So he came out to visit me, um, you know, and, and uh, we started turning into boyfriend and girlfriend like immediately because it had been going on for years. Anyhow, one time when he came out to visit me, um, you know, we hung out here for a week and then we were going to go back 
to Santa Fe where he lived. So we were we were driving in this really old messed up pickup truck because he always had old cars. And in the middle of nowhere in Arizona, and I mean literally on a highway where like there was there wasn't even like lights on it, you know, in the desert. We got pulled over for having no license plate light. And the cops asked him to, they ran our, our, our um, licenses and stuff. And then they asked him to step out of the car and then they put him in a four piece shackle. And you'll have to read the rest of the story to find out, but he got kited off to jail. And so there was a tow truck, um, a tow truck took 45 minutes to come to get me. And I made the cops stay with me because I was not gonna be out in the middle of nowhere in a, in a rattle trap, 70s falling apart pickup that I couldn't drive, right? And I was like sobbing the whole time and blah, blah. And yeah, the pickup driver came and got me and um, he, he brought me another 45 minutes back to the town he came from, which was literally like 400 people. It was, it was time, I didn't see it until the next day also because I was sobbing. Oh, I didn't even say the most important part. At the very beginning, when we were going on the road trip, leaving at six in the morning, I woke up and I was standing on the kitchen stairs and I started slapping myself across the face going, my mother, my sister, my daughter, my sister, my mother, my sister, my daughter, like that, like, and he looked at me and he said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm acting out the scene in Chinatown where, where, um, you know, where she's talking about her incest to um, Jack Nicholson, you know, where Faye Dunaway is talking about the incest in her family. And he, and he just kind of went, oh, like it was a normal thing, you know? And he goes, I never saw Chinatown, but I heard it was good. Anyway, so we're flashing forward back to, I get brought into this little town and I had literally like, I think I had 24 or $28 with me and no credit card. And this was pre-cell phones, pre-cell phones. So <laughs> not that they would have worked out there. So yeah. there, was, there was a- The terror. People yeah. do not understand pre-cell phone. Like if you were somewhere, that was it. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah, there was nothing. Yeah. Anyhow, so um, so I checked into the hotel. I got the last room. It was number 13. And the guy had told me it was going to cost, you know, $25 a day to store the truck. And so I, I spent $16 of the like $28 that I had. And I was like, how the fuck am I going to get home? Anyhow, so I was sobbing. And then finally I was like, well, there's nothing I can do right now except chain smoke and watch TV. I'll just have to get over myself. Just like how, how you were saying so. I turned yeah. on the TV and it took a really fucking long time to come in because it was in the middle of the desert and it had rabbit ear antennas. And and it was also, they have the tubes back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yes. yeah, so so it came to life and it said, um, it said Channel 10 from Denver, Colorado, you know? And then it said, we now return to our movie, tonight's movie, Chinatown starring Jack Nicholson and Faye Dunaway. And it came on to that scene. I just got goosebumps. I just totally got goosebumps. And then, and so I, that I burst into, I, I was sobbing. I, I couldn't even fucking believe it. I was like, I, I was, I was hysterical. Like if you thought the light bulb going on was, was scary. Yeah. This was, I was just like, I was in my room at like whatever o'clock in the morning going, how, how? And like crying. And, um, I mean, that was, that was so fucking bad shit. And, but then I started getting really mad 
because I was like, how come I saw the part about Chinatown, but not the fucking part about the cops? Right. Anyway, it all turned out good. It all turned out good. But yeah, that was that was fucked up. How do people do we order your book on Amazon or I mean I hate to support Amazon, but yeah, you could get it on on punk hostage press, punkhostagepress.com. That's my publisher, Iris Berry's website for her press. And um, I'm like the 41st book she's put out. Or you can get it on pleasantgaming.com and I will sign it for you, but it's more expensive because ink is fucking expensive and so is lipstick. No. <laughs> um, and you can get it on Amazon if you don't want to support, if you're the kind of person that doesn't want to support indie businesses. <laughs> Well, I can't wait to read it. It's really fucking sick. It makes it makes my book Showgirl Confidential look like nursery rhymes. Because it's all it's all paranormal stories with people like the germs and the cramps and the blasters and I mean I mean it's it's psychotic. Anyhow. Um so there's there's me and Jackie's like website promo. Thank you, Jackie. <laughs> and this was so good. I could talk to you for ages, for ages and ages. I have to tell you, I just feel like my my paranormal stories aren't up to snuff, but I Those remember great. I remember feeling such like electricity and fear at the time. You know, because the most minor things can be scary when, you know, like, like if you put it in a horror movie, like, oh, the light went on, big fucking deal. You know what and I mean? If it's happening to you, you just get goosebumps immediately. All the, the hair stands up. And you pull up to a hotel and you immediately, like, literally think, no, this place is bad news. And then just, yeah. Wait, anyway. I'll, wor I'll work and no play makes Jackie beat a dull boy or girl. Right. <laughs> That's right, a little Jackie Torrance. <laughs> Here's Jackie. That's right. Maybe we should just end it on that note. It's fine with me, honey. Okay. Oh, can't wait to read the book. I really can't. You guys, how fabulous is Jackie Beat? Seriously, amazing, amazing, amazing. Anyway, this has been the Devil's Music with Jackie Beat and I will see you or you'll hear me on the next episode. Goodbye everybody. Mwah. Devil's Music is written and hosted by Pleasant Gaiman. Produced by Aaron Alden. All sound design by Jerry Danielson of Busy Signal Studios. And of course, is part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. 
Find all of our shows at PantheonPodcasts.com. Our social presence is at Pantheon Podcasts on Facebook and Instagram. Tweet us at Pantheon Pods. All songs can be found wherever you get great music. Please pick up these important and fantastic tracks. <laughs>